Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today's topic, we have a panelist that is uh, incredible. I've had her on before, and she um, gives me more information. I had to bring my uh, photocopy books in to make sure I te- copy everything she says down because she is a wealth of information. He has been working at the VA system uh, for some time now. But El- Adelina Marshall is a VA mental health RN uh, extraordinaire. And today's discussion is going to uh, talk about the 742 impacts on veteran care. Uh, so why don't you lead us into that discussion, Adelina? It's an honor to have you on. I said you guys have invited me on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll go ahead and get started. So this is um, concerning 7422. Mm-hmm. is a section of Title 38 U.S. Code. And what this does, it um, strictly prohibited us from being able to negotiate uh, staffing issues that we are experiencing uh, throughout the VA. It's not any particular VA, it's all VAs. Um, There are currently about 12,000 nurses short. Um, Because of our voice, the CDC has now stated that um, we're no longer to have to reuse the N95 mask. So that was a big concern of ours. We were having to reuse our masks or use it for a couple of days, and we knew that this was contrary to providing uh, safe care for our veterans, especially during, the, uh, during COVID or any other infectious disease. Now, as a a workforce that is female-dominated. Mm-hmm. Our rights have been limited. We are not able to bargain over wages nor undo century-old gender, gender-based gender wage gap. Mm-hmm. We also um, are limited as to demanding enough staff. So this is a National Mental Health Day. I'm a mental health nurse, and I can tell you on Mother's Day, we were so uh, short that I was off. I was called at home to come in to help support the amount of staff that we needed to make sure our veterans uh, were safe and that we were able to provide safe care to them. And even with me coming in, we were still short that day. So this becomes a moral problem. It also affects the nurses both morally and emotionally, because we know what needs to be done for our veterans. You know, on Nurses Week, we just passed that uh, May 6th to the 12th. Last year for Nurses Week, we had 88 RNs who died. Uh, This year, it has surpassed over 400, and they died from COVID. And part of that was that they didn't have the proper equipment to care for the patients and they themselves become infected. So we would like for everybody to understand that our veteran care is a responsibility of every American and that when we are not able 
to um, to have a voice. Uh, I can give you another example. I just had filed a complaint about staffing shortages, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm wine garden or, um, you know, called out of my name. So this was by management mm-hmm. because they don't want us to be the voice for the veterans. The, vo- the veterans need our voices and need to be able to have our nurses speak up for them. Oh, we right, want yeah. the VA uh, secretary to support the VA Employee Fairness Act, and this was introduced by Congressman Tuckanale and Senator Brown. And this legislation would revoke Section 7422 of the Title 38 U.S. Code. Okay, so that that would actually solve at least some of the problems, right? You're facing with that um, 7422 as it impacts the uh, is a section. It was Section uh, Title 38 U.S. Code, right? That impacts right. Uh, restricts staffing, hiring, right? Right, it restricts us from having a say so in hiring. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like to compare mm-hmm. working on a unit as someone flying on an airplane. The federal law governs how many staff is on the airplane. So I don't think any us, anybody in your listening audience will mm-hmm. want to take a flight where they're short a flight attendant or short a pilot uh, mm-hmm. in the cockpit. Yeah. So it's the mm-hmm. same, it's really the same premise among patient care that patients get angry at us or or talk about the VA because maybe a nurse isn't responding quickly enough if they need to be fed or a test needs to be done or just say they need a urinal or need to, you know, have to go to the bathroom and we can't get there. They're angry at us. But we are really fighting to make sure that there is enough staffing to provide the kind of care that is owed to our veterans. And while we see a lot being said about veterans, the reality of it, the main thing is that they need the staff to provide the care that the VA does want to provide. I I do believe the VA wants to do this. It's just that they don't want to hire or can't hire the amount of people needed. And coming to work today, I saw a billboard for a company advertising for nurses and other health care um, providers. While we're dragging our feet, mm-hmm. those health care providers will be going to other hospitals around the city, around Chicago, and the suburbs. If we don't act immediately to get appropriate staffing, our veterans are not going to want to come to the VA. And, and this is where we want them to come. But being cared for sufficiently and appropriately and having enough staff is really what contributes to people recovering in health care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is like a, some, it's like a common issue that we've um, been talking about on m- multiple shows that we've had uh, with different varying issues is the uh, federal funding uh, and appropriate federal funding for issues uh, such as this. You know, we had an earlier uh, show where we were talking about uh, the amount of money that is being given for, you know, homeless veterans and and how much money is actually uh, needed. And, you know, uh, they, they were, you know, given $20 million 
Uh, and I said, is that enough to co cover Rhode Island or is that for the whole country? You know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, for the housing issues. And then uh, they also were talking about, you know, um, the, you know, the need for our veterans to, um, uh, you know, and President Biden has changed the, the tide, uh, thank God, you know, to a degree and has been uh, actually uh, adding some additional funding, not nearly as much as we need to look at the infrastructure of, you know, the VA health care system. Uh, and so, you know, it was estimated we need about uh, 70 to 80 billion, you know, to meet the needs of um, uh, our uh, veteran health care system. And uh, that we, uh, you know, Biden, President Biden gave about 20 billion. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, up armoring all of our vehicles, flying new planes and building battleships, we find the money. And uh, when it comes to congressional meetings and their need to have, uh, you know, staffing appropriations. It seems like find the money, but when it comes to our veterans who are on the streets or our veterans who are going through the VA system for health care, they can't find the money. Their pocket is empty. So, you know, this is something that I think veterans need to get involved with as well, right, to voice their uh, opinions, because I know when I go to the VA, I get incredible care from the nurses that I come in contact with. Uh, I'm a, a physician myself, and I know what healthcare should be delivered as, and so I um, I'm really uh, appalled that they're not giving that kind of support that our veterans need, especially with our veterans coming back now from Afghanistan. Right, um, Dr. Arnold, those nurses that um, you're saying the great care you receive by them, those nurses also. Get ill. They also yes. have vacation time. They also have family members that they care for. Yes. And when they're out, we don't have the staff to support that absence in the workforce. Yes. And we need to all need to understand that while we're talking about bridges, which I know there's greatly need improvement and rebuilding, our nurses and medical staff is a bridge to health care. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about um, problems in um, providing health care, especially to minority patients, some of that is respective of not having appropriate staff. Yes, yes. And, and, and that uh, also when you're in, especially when you're dealing with um, any veteran, right, for any particular issue, because uh, if you don't have enough nursing staff, you, you can't uh, be expected to be in five places at the same time. And uh, if, especially if you're on intensive care unit or if you're in uh, the surgical operating suite or you are, um, you know, in any of the delivery of care services, uh, even in, in, in the setting of a, a radiology suite, right, taking exam, doing exams or drawing blood in the laboratory system, you know, th these things are essential uh, in the clinics for when uh, people are checking in to make sure that their records are in order. So there's a, there's a quality issue, not of, um, you know, uh, the nurses themselves. They do a phenomenal job. There's a quality issue of whether you have enough staffing, right? Right. There's a quality issue. I, I mean, even uh, last week, I couldn't even let my staff leave the floor to go on break. And that half an hour is unpaid. That's their time. And I was like, I'm sorry, but oh, if I have to pay for your lunch, I need you to stay on the floor because I did not have any coverage to allow them to leave. And oftentimes, myself as the only RN, 
I can't leave because now I'm responsible for two units, and I have to make sure that those veterans are cared for at any given time. It may not be a mental health issue. It could be a heart issue. It could be a, a number of things that um, we have to send patients down for. I recently had a patient who complained, and I had to make a decision to send him to emergency room, and a good thing I did because he was going into renal failure. Oh, boy. Yes. And so see, if we don't have the mm-hmm. adequate um, mm-hmm. staffing, and only RNs can make assessments, other staff can make an observation, but mm-hmm. this particular patient, his vital signs were stable, everything. So mm-hmm. when he told me, I, I just don't feel good, Ms. Marshall, I just don't feel good. I said, okay. And then he had to be admitted to inpatient. Yes. Yeah, see, this is, this is uh, why it's so critically important that you have the ability to be present and not running between 15 different things because you don't have coverage in other areas uh, because uh, what would have happened if you, you know, you had three other things that were going on, you had to be someplace else, um, you know, that's a potential where he would slip through the cracks. And that's really, um, that's really where we have a, diff- you know, a really difficult uh, issue confronting us. So it is a crisis situation, um, and, and uh, we need to have... Uh, those people who have enough guts to stand up and say, let's do what's right. Well, not only do you have guts, you cannot be fearful. And by having this 7422, it causes fear. It causes a problem in retention. Mm -hmm. It causes a problem in hiring because when nurses realize that they don't have a voice in the care of our veterans, we train a, a lot for this. We're the VA, we're taking training all the time, even with COVID. We've had three or four training programs just to stay on top of things. But if all that training, if I can't say stop the line, which they do have a policy for us to say that, but in the reality of it, we can't. And that's mm-hmm. because 7422. So they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They are telling us one thing, but in practice, is something else. And our veterans are very dear to us. I mean, just watching the news recently, we know what our veterans go to, their experience, um, things that they possibly could be exposed to. And now, uh, as our veterans are aging, they need more care. And that care takes more time from that staff. And I can't say, well, can you just wait? I've got to go suction this other patient, and then I'll come back and get you to the bathroom. Many times that doesn't work. They're, they're not able to wait that period of time. So mm-hmm. by lifting the 7422 and allowing us to be able to say we do need more staff, uh, our patients are sicker, they're taking more time, then they need to, to hear us and we need to be able to advocate for our veterans. Yeah, because that's one of the things, you know, um, my background is like internal medicine and occupational medicine. And, you know, they have collective bargaining agreements, you know, groups that, you know, work in uh, industry, right? So if you're in a foundry or in a steel mill or those kinds of things, if there are really innately uh, unsafe practices that are going on and you need to have adequate um, staffing, you know, those things can be brought up in a collective bargaining agreement. This is really life and death for our veterans that you're talking about. 
and also for the nurses themselves because with the stress and all those things, that can actually make you uh, feel sick as well, as you were mentioning. Right. It, it was life and death for over 400 of our nurses um, who died due to COVID and not having adequate um, adequate uh, protective gear like the N95 masks and mm -hmm. scrubs and all of that. That was life and death for them. And we tried to just make it happen. And when we talk about bridges, I, I notice that as you're driving, they'll say this is the weight limit for this bridge and trucks can't go here because of the weight limit. Mm -hmm. But nurses are also confronted with a weight limit. It's like how much mm -hmm. more can we take? I That's mean, if, if I'm coming to work and, and trying to be here, it's taking a toll on me. It, it's taking a toll from my, from my family because when I go home, I'm so tired that I can't hardly even interact. And, and I work the evening shift. Sometimes I don't even leave till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I'm at risk going home at that time of night. So mm -hmm. right. there's a lot of things that nurses have to to do to make sure that our veterans are cared for and our patients in general. But those are the sides that the general population don't see. They they think we come in, we work our eight hour shift. No, there's many a times I'm up till six o'clock in the morning thinking about what else I should have did with with the patient. What else could I have done to help that patient? If they're there tomorrow, I need to have this discussion. I mean, one day I'm sitting in the hall, I'm seeing a patient going back and forth to the bathroom about every 10 minutes. So I brought that to the attention of the nurse practitioner, and she ordered uh, blood work, and that patient ended up with uh, stage 4 prostate cancer. Oh, but how many other people have sat in that hall and noticed that patient and didn't didn't have the training nor the time to really mm -hmm. question as to why is he going to the bathroom that often. Wow, that, that's and amazing. As another segment is, you know, prostate cancer, as our patients are older, and especially black males, mm -hmm. they're prone or, ex or can possibly get prostate cancer at an earlier age. So that's those are the things that we are aware of that... Mm -hmm does have something to do with mental health because he's a mental health patient and probably had not been following up with his uh, primary care. And here, hopefully, we caught it that maybe his life could be prolonged. That's uh, incredible, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, that's really, you know, it, it brings it into really into sharp focus the importance of having the ability to concentrate on patients um, I remember in clinical practice, you know, where they load 30 patients or 40 patients onto a schedule, and then they wonder, you know, well, are you supposed to make time, you know, uh, materialize time so that you can create, uh, turn five minutes into an hour and <laughs> extend your day? No, uh, you know, you're going from patient to patient, and if you don't have the proper, um, you know, proper resources and you don't have the proper staffing, it's going to be an impossible task they're putting in front of you, and you're actually increasing your risk profile uh, by doing that. And, you know, when you were mentioning inadequate PPE, 
Um, you know, we now are really pushing to have everyone vaccinated, and the, the VA is doing a wonderful job with that. I know a lot of nurses are involved in that process of protecting our veterans and their families, you know, the spouses and their caretakers. So, yes, what, what is that, that doing? happened too because of people complain and said our veterans need to be able to come to the VA. And thankful somebody heard that, that now they've extended those vaccinations to, you know, family members. And our VA has done an excellent job on that, but they also had to pull nurses from the bedside yes, yes. to support those vaccine uh, clinics. Yeah, so that can even impose a little bit deeper uh, cut, right, with the uh, the staffing issue. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's uh, – so, you know, we, we really have to um, – you know, think about this uh, this bill, and hopefully they will be successful. You know, in pushing you know uh, seventy four twenty two out. Because you were saying Senator Brown, and I think at the other senator's name, um, but um, you know, how can people find out about this? You know, who are veterans? Uh, because we should we should have some kind. Well, of they can go to uh, nationalnursesunited.org. They can go mm-hmm. on Twitter. They're there. They can also contact their own representative, their own congressman and mm-hmm. senator, and uh, tell them to vote to revoke Section 7422 of Title 38 U.S. Code. Uh, this has been a big, big hindrance in, I'll say, the investment in our veterans. Our veterans have invested a lot in keeping the United States democracy mm-hmm. and keeping us free. And now we have to invest in them. And part of that investment is making sure that their health care is bridged to enough staffing and that they don't overlook some of the main needs of the veterans. Yes. Well, you know, happy Nurses Week. Uh, it's, it's actually every day is Nurses Day because you work around the clock uh, 365 days a year. And we are so appreciative of all the nurses who are out there. Um, we Our prayers go out to them and their families. And for those nurses we've lost, we cannot allow, afford to lose another one to something that can be corrected or prevented. So the prevention in this is sounds like getting uh, rid of uh, 7422. And giving, um, you know, some voice to the nurses who are actually protecting patients and protecting our veterans uh, on a daily basis and their families, right, because it impacts their families as well. Right. I am extremely proud Mm -hmm. of the nurses that I work with and uh, throughout the VA because this last two years have really shown the dedication that they have to our veterans, many of them could have just fleed and not hold their ground to care for these veterans, but they stayed. And they stayed on the they battlefield. Yeah. yeah, they stayed on the battlefield. And mm-hmm. then, uh, so I'm, I'm going to turn, uh, actually, I'm turning around to look at our executive producer, Glenda uh, Smith. She is uh, chomping at the bid to give us some invaluable information. Make sure you take down this mm-hmm. information. And, uh, Again, you know, roundtable that we just had with our partner, National uh, Nurses United, uh, at yeah, nationalnursesunited.org, if you want to get involved in that revocation of 7422. Uh, thank you so much, so much, Adelina. Thank you for having us. Thank you.
we are so proud to have National Nurses United as our partners along with others. And so I can say this. If you remember 9-11 and why that never happened again, then by any means necessary, our veterans should be supported. Housing, social services, wellness, whatever it is, because of our armed forces, we were never attacked like that again. Do you guys remember 9-11? The fear that came over this country? We have armed forces. We have people who have protect and serve this country so that our enemies don't feel so comfortable trying to come here and do that. So by any means necessary, no matter what state we are in, veterans, military should always be first and foremost. And our health care workers in the VA. Absolutely, because without a nurse, Mm -hmm. you are laying in a hospital looking Mm -hmm. because that doctor is in and out. That nurse is with you for eight hours. Hell and high water. So salute to all of them. Absolutely. Please feel free to call America's Heroes Group at 312-803-2618. We're located at 155 North Wecker Drive. For any shows that you have missed, didn't get a chance to listen to, please feel free to go to our website, www.americas, that's what an S, hg.org, and download the podcast. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Be safe. Be blessed. Thank you. And thank you you to the technical producer today. Todd, you did a great job. You did a wonderful (laughs) job. (laughs) We'll be back on social media next week, guys. Blessings. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.